Psychologist Carol Dweck coined the term growth mindset in 2006 in her book, Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. Dweck's work as it relates to education and learning focuses on the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And coincidentally, that's exactly what today's podcast episode is about. Hey, this is Trent Lorcher, and welcome to the Teaching ELA podcast, where I help ELA teachers thrive in and out of the classroom. In this podcast, I discuss real teaching for real classrooms, whether it's a specific piece of literature, teaching strategy, or life strategy. I talk about things ELA teachers need. I promise that with each podcast episode, you'll have something you can use today. All right, let's start with a brief description. Growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Those with a fixed mindset view their talents, shortcomings, successes, and failures as fixed traits that cannot be improved. According to Dweck, those with a fixed mindset believe that talent produces success without relation to hard work, that talents are to be chronicled and not developed. Because they see no correlation between hard work and success, fixed mindset individuals are less likely to accept challenges and more likely to view failure as permanent. Those with a growth mindset believe basic abilities and talents can be developed through hard work and education. For the growth mindset individual, brains and talent are just the beginning. Challenges and failures are learning opportunities. This belief that one can learn more and learn faster through hard work and perseverance has far-reaching consequences in the classroom and, even more importantly, out of the classroom. Now, research, this isn't just me making this up. Research quantifies the difference that a growth mindset can make in the classroom. And we're all teachers here. We could use this. 2014 study shows that students with a growth mindset outscore students with a fixed mindset in math and literacy. I don't know about you, but uh, helping students do well in math and literacy seems like a pretty good goal for a school, especially for an ELA teacher. The same study shows that students with a growth mindset are more likely to recognize the importance of effort in academic success, are more willing to seek challenges, and are more receptive to feedback. An Education Week survey reports that 98% of teachers believe that helping students develop a growth mindset will lead to greater achievement. This is all great. But knowing something, knowing something will work, and getting it to work, however, are not the same. But this podcast episode is primarily about helping students acquire and develop a growth mindset in the classroom. And I'm going to share with you six ways to encourage this mindset. However, before I share these six ways to encourage a growth mindset in the classroom, I must emphasize that it will all fail if you don't acquire and develop a growth mindset with your teaching. Now, I can look back at my teaching career and pinpoint several moments that changed the trajectory of my career and my life. For example, that time I thought it would be a good idea to have students throw plastic Easter eggs at me when they heard me say a pronoun. Actually, that, wasn't a, that did change my life, but not in a good way. Now, certain things have changed my career and my life in a positive way. One of those moments is when I came across the concept of growth mindset. Up until this point, I was limiting my success in and out of the classroom because of a limiting fixed mindset. I figured that if I had a weakness in the classroom, then it would continue to be a weakness. I applied that same thinking to student achievement as well. The kid was smart, he or she was smart. If the kid was dumb, he or she was dumb. That's the way it was. As you can imagine, I was, a lim- I was, lim- I was limiting everybody's achievement including myself. Now, once we start seeing the world and ourselves through the lens of growth, we begin to understand that learning anything is a process. And by understanding the process of learning, we apply it to all aspects of life. So again, hard work and education 
can overcome our limits. I don't know about you, but that's, that's pretty freaking exciting. I'm excited just talking about it. To think that if there's something you really want to do, all you got to do is educate yourself and get to work. Isn't that amazing? I think it's amazing. This is something I share with my class all the time. We're, we're, you know, we're dealing with uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers, and a lot of them feel defeated when they get a test back. A lot of them feel defeated when they can't write a correct answer at the board without soiling themselves. You know what I'm talking about. They feel defeated. It's our job to help them know that through education and hard work, they can overcome these feelings of defeat, but we must demonstrate it first. I'm going to give you a personal example. I used to get anxious about teacher observations. You know, when the administrator comes in, thinks he or she knows how to teach, even though there's a chance they've never been in the classroom. Sometimes they have. And how they come in, and I just feel instant panic, instant anxiety. I would get defensive anytime I heard anything negative. Anytime I heard any criticism, I would get very defensive. And then when I, and this is a, this by the way, is a sign if you get defensive, if you get anxious or nervous anytime you're evaluated, this is the sign, number one sign of having a fixed mindset. So I realized that my fixed mindset was taking these observations and turning them into an absolute truth that couldn't be changed. I've finally gotten to the point when the administrator walks in, I'm totally cool. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And I'll go in to observation, uh, what do they call them, post-observation conferences now. And if they say, well, uh, this wasn't well, and I say, oh, I don't argue. I don't even defend myself. I'm like, this is what you observed. I appreciate the feedback. And if there's some something else I want to add, like I did this before, or I did this after you, whatever it is, or I just forgot. I add that, but I don't try to defend myself because I'm like, that's what you saw. And uh, if it wasn't up to par, then I need to get better. Please help me. Now, usually that'll, that'll stun your administrator, to be honest with you. You can do that if a student comes up and says, I thank you. I, I had this happen the other day. A student came up to me and was very upset about a grade he received. And I'm trying to talk to him. I go, well, tell me what grade you should have gotten. And he went in and he explained the grade he should have gotten. He pointed to the rubric and I'm like, eh, you know what? You're right. Now, who, who won there? We both won. So I think a, a fixed mindset is you also pit yourself against others. It's a, it's a scoreboard type thing. It's another sign of a fixed mindset. I win, you lose. Whereas growth mindset, I win, you win. Now, this isn't like everyone gets a trophy kind of win. It's, wow, someone took the time to go through the rubric, point out a mistake I made, and we both learned from it. Isn't that what we're here for? Maybe I'm wrong. I thought I was. The teacher observation fixed mindset mentality turn not only into, I'm going to be stressed out for this half hour when the administrator is in, but it turned into a week of stress. Prince will say, I'm going to probably come in next week. All week I'd be stressed, dreading it, not being able to sleep. Am I the only one that this happens to? But once I change that mindset, it's like, oh, this is a chance to improve. This is a chance to practice some of those skills that I've been supposed to be doing all year to get ready for it. This carries over into real life too. There's, there's certain things I've done. I think we have a human tendency. Well, I can't do that because I've never done it before. Did you ever walk before you learned how to walk? Imagine if we, if toddlers had this mindset. Well, I've never walked before. I can't do that. You know, this podcast. When I thought, you know, I'm going to start a podcast. First I was, ah, I've never done that before. That won't work. No one will listen. But I did it anyway. Because I knew that through hard work, educating myself, hopefully these podcasts have gotten better. I hope you've noticed an improvement in quality. If not, this is, well, this is not a trick to have you go back and listen to prior episodes, but you can, if you want, do a comparison. Website, elacommoncorelessonplans.com. I had no idea what I was doing. I started the website, did the best I could. Now, the quality of the lesson plans have always been outstanding on my website. The website, on the other hand, has grown to what it is now through trial and error, through education, through hard work, uh, physical speaking, pull-ups. 
when I was, uh, I remember going to my nephew's house and he had a, he had a chin up bar and he was like nine and I was like 40 something and he could rattle off like seven or eight pull-ups and I could do half of one. And I'm like, whoa, I'm getting shown up by my nine-year-old nephew. So what did I do? I went and learned how to do pull-ups and I worked hard. I educated myself. Now I can do 11. Unfortunately, I hurt my shoulder. You're the violins. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. All right, now that I'm fired up, here are six tips for encouraging a growth mindset in the classroom. Now, the good news is, first of all, the 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 thing I hate hearing most at professional development is this will be no extra work. This is something you're already doing. This will be there will be no extra work involved. So you can pretty much guarantee when you hear the phrase there is no extra work involved that there's going to be a lot of extra work involved, usually paperwork. This isn't the case, though. You don't need to overhaul the curriculum or create lesson plans to encourage a growth mindset in the classroom. You just got to change your own mindset. Now, that's hard work. I don't think it's extra, though. Tip number one, model growth mindset behaviors. It's nearly impossible helping students develop a growth mindset when the teacher is mired in a fixed mindset. What you say goes a long way in modeling a growth mindset and ultimately revealing your true mindset. This is not something you can fake. When, for example, you discuss things you're not good at, what language do you use? So let's pretend you're an ELA teacher. Shouldn't be hard since you are an ELA teacher. And let's say you have a student who is an expert on fishing. Now, I choose fishing because it's in my example, but I also choose fishing because right now as I'm recording this podcast, I am looking out at the bay. In fact, you could climb over my fence right now, and within 30 seconds, you could be at the water fishing. You could walk 100 yards from my school and be at the dock fishing. So you think that makes me a good fisherman? No, not exactly. That's why I brought up fishing. So let's pretend you have a student who's an expert on fishing. I have students who are experts on fishing. You'd like to learn how to fish, but you're not good at it. I already said that. Now, the fixed mindset teachers will talk about fishing failures and how it's just not something they do. Growth mindset teachers, however, ask for help, share successes and failures, and might even bring in pictures of a fish caught over the weekend. I would do that, but I've never actually caught a fish here. I am literally surrounded by water. I live in a place with bay in the name. I'm looking at people fishing right now from the upstairs of my house. I've never caught a fish. I do have students who fish, though, and I ask them, I'm like, oh, how'd you catch that fish? I've tried. I haven't caught too many. Could you give me some tips? Because I would like to catch a fish. Now, my son, who's 11, he'll climb over the fence, stick his pole, and catch four or five fish. I don't know how he does it, but I've asked him. One day he'll show me. I guess if I really wanted to learn how to fish here, I could. All right. Tip number two, praise actions, not talents. This I, I it took me a while to, to get in the habit of. Praising actions and results demonstrate that you value the process of learning more than the talent of the individual learner. Crediting intelligence reinforces the idea that success is determined by intelligence and talent, that abilities are predetermined. When I was in high school, I was always told how smart I was. But what I was never told was how hard of a worker I was. And there's a reason for that, because I didn't work hard. I got by on strict intelligence alone. And when I got out of high school and into college, it became a detriment. Because I'm like, oh, I'm smart, but I can't figure this out. Maybe I'm not that smart. And since I never really was praised for hard work, I didn't know how to work hard. We'll just say Trent struggled a little bit. Fixed mindset students think of intelligence as a fixed trait. Growth mindset children think of intelligence as the raw material that can be developed and produce results. This thinking that intelligence is a fixed trait hurts both the smart kids and the not so smart kids. Because the smart kids coast and the dumb kids don't try because they don't think they can learn. 
is damaging. So we need to model, we need to praise actions and not talents. Tip number three, focus on the process of learning. Students have been trained by teachers and parents that good grades are the ultimate sign of success and that low grades mean failure. Oh my goodness, I have had so many conversations, especially now that I teach middle school, middle school, trying to tell parents, look, this isn't just show up and do all the work and get an A. That's not how it works here. Students actually have to demonstrate mastery of certain skills and standards in order to get an A or a B. All, the, all that letter is is a reflection of where they are at the standard. And then explain, it's the process I'm concerned uh, that we need to be familiar with. Consistency starting now will eventually produce results. I don't know how many times I've had to tell this to parents, tell this to students. This year alone, a growth mindset teacher focuses on the process. A growth mindset teacher teaches students that low grades are actually a good thing because they help a student know what he or she needs to work on. This, of course, entails that students be given a chance to redo the remove good news low grade. I do that. There's good news. You got a low grade. That means you have an op- you have one weakness that you can get rid of today by just learning how learning that skill, practicing it. Boom. Tip number, what are we on, four? Yeah, tip number four, set learning goals. Growth mindset teachers write a goal for student learning on the board before every class. It's called an objective. Some of you call them I can statements, whatever, S-W-B-A-T. Good teachers refer to the goal as they teach, focusing their efforts on getting students to learn a skill or specific content. If it's good for teachers to set learning goals for students, how powerful would it be for students to set learning goals for themselves? Encourage students to set learning goals, not great achievement goals in and out of school. She did an assignment, uh, in fact, it was last Friday with sixth and seventh graders. Gave him back a writing assignment. Had him fill out some stuff. What'd you get low marks in? What'd you get high marks in? Write three things you can improve in your writing between now and the end of the year. I'm going to have him take that out every day, every class. Look at your goals. Keep that in mind today as we write or as we read. Number five, focus on growth mindset successes in your curriculum. History is full of individuals who overcame challenges. Students might be surprised at how many times Thomas Edison failed at inventing the uh, at inventing the light bulb. And to be honest, a lot of your students will be surprised that Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, but whatever. How many elections Abraham Lincoln lost or that Michael Jordan, the second greatest player of all time, was cut from the basketball team in the 10th grade? Regardless of the subject you teach, there is someone in your field who overcame obstacles. There's tons of literature. I mean, we're, we got it made, ELA. We can teach inspiring stories, or we can teach stories where where people did not overcome challenges because they weren't willing to change their mindset. Number six, change classroom language. Success has its own language. Replace fixed mindset phrases such as, it's good enough, this is too hard, and I failed my biology test with phrases like, I can do better, how can I learn this concept, and what strategies can I use to make sure I do well on this test next time? Establishing a growth mindset in your classroom is not an overnight one-time thing. It requires constant effort, consistent effort, and perhaps a change in our own mindset. Regardless of the challenges, it's something anyone can learn and something that is worth the effort. All right, that's uh, the six tips again. Model growth mindset behaviors, number one. Number two, praise actions, not talent. Number three, focus on the process of learning. Number four, set learning goals. Number five, focus on growth mindset successes in your curriculum. Number six, change classroom language. For more on this topic, feel free to read the book. It's uh, written by Carol Dweck. It is known as um, 
Mindset, the new psychology of success. Thanks for listening to the Teaching ELA podcast. For more teacher-ready, student-ready lesson plans, head on over to ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com. That's ELACommonCoreLessonPlans.com, where we have hundreds of lesson plans and handouts that are ready to use right now. And as always, if this podcast has helped you thrive in the classroom, we'd appreciate a like and a review. 